This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And welcome back to Sunday Morning Magazine. Again, remember, more information about the show can always be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. You can actually join the conversation there as well. You can also listen to the show anytime you like. Head to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. You can also reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at Rodney Lear on air as well. Joining me now are my next guest, Nikki Grimes. She is the author of the book Legacy, Women Poets of the Harlem Renaissance. We're also joined by one of the illustrators of the book, Aqua Holmes. It's our pleasure to welcome Nikki Grimes and Aqua Holmes to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, Nikki. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good morning, Aqua. How are you? I'm doing well, Rodney. How are you? I'm doing great. So, Nikki, let's start with you this morning. Now, you have written several books of poetry. What is it that you enjoy most about writing poetry, most especially for your audience, young people? Well, poetry is my first language. It's where I go, especially when I I want to make an emotional connection with the reader. I find there's no better genre for that than poetry. It goes straight to the heart. Good, good. Who was the first person that recognized, well, that Nikki Grimes, she sure can write a poem. Well, there were a few people. I mean, my sister was probably my biggest fan. I would wake her up in the middle of the night, and I do mean middle of the night, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., to read to her the poem I had just written. And she always just sat up, rubbed her eyes, and, you know, said, go for it. But my first professional interest came from James Baldwin, who was one of my favorite authors, and he was going to be speaking I was able to go to it. It was at a school uh, in Harlem that I could get to. So I went and I, you know, I had my little spiral notebook of poetry that I always had with me. And um, I I went to this event and I sat in the very first row because I didn't want to miss anything. Mm. And as soon as he was finished speaking, I saw him jet out the door. And so I got up and I ran after him down the hall of the school, yelling, Mr. Baldwin, Mr. Baldwin, can I see you for a minute, Mr. Baldwin, Mr. Baldwin? I was 17, which is why I did this, right? Mm -hmm. I would never do this as an adult. And he waits for me to catch up, and I'm all out of breath. And I was like, I'm a writer too, and could you read my, my, my work and tell me what you think? And I handed him the notebook, and he stood there in the hall, and he read it from cover to cover. Mm. And then he closed it turned it to the back and he wrote his name and his phone number and he gave it back to me and he said, you call me. Really? And I did. And so he became my first mentor. Wow. Look at that. And what a great, I mean, that's a great story and what a great mentor. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Does not get better than that. So what was the biggest takeaway with your time with James Baldwin? Most people don't get that audience. Um, What was your biggest takeaway? What did you learn most about doing what you do, your craft of poetry from being able to have a personal relationship with James Baldwin as a mentor? Well, He talked to me about the importance of honoring your gift, of not using your gift in a frivolous way, to really be intentional about what I wrote, the importance of mastering your tools, which in our case is language. Um, And those were the sort of general things that I took with me, the importance of having integrity in the work. And I've applied those. 
I hope in a way that would make him proud. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. My guest this morning is Nikki Grimes. She is the author of the book Legacy, Women Poets of the Harlem Renaissance. Also speaking to one of the illustrators of the book, Aqua Holmes. Now, Aqua, I just asked Nikki this question, but who was the first person that noticed that you had talent as an artist? Um, You know, what I remember is my mother telling me that my third grade teacher, Miss Goldberg, I remember her very well. Uh, told my mother at the end of a school year that she should watch me in the arts. Um, This was back in the 60s. So um, I was always a good student in her class. And I guess I must have been doing some art, too, that she thought was notable. Now, Aqua, how did you get started as a children's book illustrator? And how long have you been illustrating children's books? Well, um, Rodney, it's only been about five years. And it's sort of one of those those dream stories. Uh, I had tried a couple of illustration courses in college. And I found that uh, I wasn't very good. I um, didn't like all of the technical drawing. And um, so I decided to take another direction in college. But years and years and years later, we won't say how many, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I had some of my artwork hanging up in a popular ice cream store here in Boston called J.P. Licks. And one of the art directors from Candlewick Press happened to be in. She lived in the area, and she brought her daughter in for an ice cream cone. She saw my work, and she emailed me the next day and asked me, would I be interested in illustrating uh, a children's book? And uh, I responded that, you know, I would definitely consider it and uh, hope to hear back from her. And it took a while for her to get back to me. But when she did, she sent me the manuscript for Voice of Freedom about the life of Fannie Lou Hamer, and I was hooked at that moment. And again, in case you're just tuning in, we're speaking to Nikki Grimes, also speaking to Aqua Holmes. Nikki is the author of the book Legacy, Women Poets of the Harlem Renaissance. Aqua is an illustrator for the book. Now, Nikki, tell us about the backstory of the book. What drew your attention to these women, and why did you want to bring their work to the forefront? Well, first of all, um, I, I was born in Harlem, did my first poetry reading at the County Cullen in Harlem. So I've long been connected to the poets of the Harlem Renaissance and very much feel like I'm stepping into that continuum. But with all the reading I've done over the years of Harlem Renaissance literature, I, especially poetry, I rarely came across women. And I'm like, where are the women? There have to be women. Um, and then a few years ago, I was just reading up on my own, um, looking for these women. And during that same period, I was approached about writing a poem, writing a golden shovel poem uh, for an anthology, Honor the Work of Gwendolyn Brooks. Golden shovel form is something that was created by poet uh, Terrence Hayes, specifically for this book. And uh, and I got to be one of the contributors. So I learned this form. And by the time I, I came to the end of it, I was so jazzed. I thought, <laughs> I have got to use this somewhere else. What can I apply this, you know, this new form to? And of course, I had just been reading about women poets of the Harlem Renaissance. And I thought, yes. So I put together a proposal to shoot to my um, one of my publishers about this. And I realized I was never gonna be able to sell this thing 
because I was introducing a brand new form no one ever had ever seen before. And I wanted to wrap it around a group of women no one had ever heard of. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that is not going to be a good sell. That was, yeah, impossible sell right there. So you thought, right? So I thought, so, um, so instead I decided I would create a book of Golden Shovel Poetry focusing primarily on male poets who everyone already knew and include a few women just to sort of create the space for myself in the market. And so that was one last word. That book did so well and got such wonderful acclaim that I was then able to go back to that publisher and say, now, you know, <laughs> there's this other book I mm -hmm. want to do. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they said, whatever you want. So that's how that came to be. Now, let's talk about this. I want to talk about why you believe a lot of the, the women that you feature in the book um, their poetry, you know, they're unknown. Why are why do you think they went so long without being recognized? Well, I mean, in general, women always fall out of the history um, in no matter what the arena is. Um, and we were reminded of that a few years ago when the book and subsequent movie Hidden Figures came out. And, you know, we were learning about scientists, engineers and mathematicians uh, who were uh, important to early NASA. Um, I wasn't surprised. I didn't know these women, but I wasn't surprised about their stories because it's, it's just always been the case. It's true in science. It's true in every arena, and it's true in, in literature as well. Zora Neale Hurston is a perfect case in point. Um, today, of course, her work is required reading almost everywhere. However, that's only true because Alice Walker came along and pulled her work from history's dustbin. And so now everyone is aware of her like, oh, yeah, of course, Daniel Hurston. But for many years, no one was talking about her. No one was really aware of her enormous accomplishments and contributions to literature. Someone had to shine a light. And fortunately, that, that person was Alice Walker, and we're so grateful for it. And again, we're speaking to author Nikki Grimes, also speaking to illustrator Aqua Holmes. Now, Nikki, Aqua is not the only female illustrator featured in the book. In fact, all the illustrators in the book are female. Was that your idea? Oh, that was all me. I wanted an all-women's book. I wanted it written okay. by women, illustrated by women artists. And I went to my publisher with my dream list of, <laughs> of artists. I knew specifically who I wanted. I knew specifically who I wanted for the cover. It was always going to be Aqua Holmes. Okay, so Aqua, you heard Nikki just say it had to be you. Tell us about your contribution to the book. Which is uh, so humbling, believe me, um, because Nikki has been in the game for a long time. I know she sees a lot of great art, reads a lot of wonderful poetry. So if she says it had to be you, that really, really means something. Um, uh, it was a great opportunity to do the cover. For one thing, I loved sort of the Harlem mythology anyway. Hmm. Um, but secondly, working on the um, illustration for the inside of the book, as I read through the poems, this one uh, called Before really jumped out at me. It reminded me of my relationship with my father and how much love I felt coming from him and how 
that story gets short shrift a lot of times in the media. So uh, any part that I could play in telling a different story, in, in uh, supporting Nikki's story with her poem, I wanted to do that. And so that's why I chose that particular poem. Okay. And so the book, it features several um, female illustrators. What is it like yes. to be among all these women? What is that like? It's fantastic. And I'm waiting for somebody to, to call us all up and say, hey, we want to do a big exhibition yeah. uh, of you guys. Because um, what I learned, and I guess if I had really looked, I would have seen this, that uh, this new crop of female illustrators, this is kind of a new thing. And especially black female illustrators working with black female authors. Mm. So we're really getting to tell some stories from a lot of different angles in our collaborations. So I'm excited to be uh, in the business at this particular time when those windows and doors are opening for our stories. So we're talking about all these amazing poets. We're talking about these amazing artists, illustrators in the book. What is it that you wanted to bring Aqua to this project? Hmm. Well, uh, I can tell you that uh, one of the things that I would dream about when I dreamt about Harlem was how there was always so much street life, street activity. And rather than people sitting in their backyards as they do here, people wanted to sit on the front of their buildings and see what was going on at the street level. So I thought that that was a beautiful tableau to play with for a book about the women poets of the Harlem Renaissance. Uh, Having a girl sitting on the stoop reading, having a group of girls playing double dutch, having the woman that sits in her window and watches everything that goes on on her block. <laughs> and, you know, there's one on every block. Yes, and there then, is. <laughs> Ours was Miss Wilcox in our neighborhood. Oh, you even know her name. I think mine was my own Aunt Rachel who lived downstairs. <laughs> but, but, hey, you know, it's a, it's a love-hate relationship because you hate that they know all your business. But when something goes down, you're happy that you have somebody you can go to and say, what happened, Miss Wilcox? Right. And she can give you blow by blow. Yeah. Yes, she could. (laughs) So um, that's where we kind of started this sort of street level. If you think about it, it's it's a street that's full of story. The Harlem streets are full of story, whether it's the jazz musicians, the poets, the dancers, the black businesses, the photographers like James Vanderzee. The street is just alive with stories. And so that was the uh, canvas that I wanted to work with. And again, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. More information about our guests can be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. This morning, we're speaking to Nikki Grimes. She is the author of the book Legacy, Women Poets of the Harlem Renaissance. We're also speaking to one of the illustrators of the book, Aqua Holmes. Now, Nikki, we've been talking about the book. Why don't you recite one of the poems from the book, if you will? I'd be happy to. Now, I'd mentioned wanting to write something about um, climate change and the environment. And I was reading a poem that had this line in it. And the red sun shouldered his way up. And I read that line and immediately thought about the ozone layer. I thought, okay, this is the line that's going to take me into that poem. And so I wrote Faithful. The punctured ozone layer bleeds radiation And we offer complaint without apology for the years of desecration earth has suffered. Red is no longer the color of jubilation, but warning. 
The sun will now allow wildfires to run rampant. Nature shouldered the brunt of man's mistreatment too long. Now it's his turn to pay. Even so, it is the way of creation to be faithful. Notice, each dawn, the sun comes up. All right. Now, Nikki Grimes, tell us why this book, why you believe this book is so important, especially for your young audience. I want them to understand how many accomplished women came before them. And to understand, I mean, one of the reasons that I was excited about the book wasn't just the poetry uh, that they contributed to the Harlem Renaissance, but these women were well-educated, well-traveled, just had like a broad range of accomplishments. One had studied at the Sorbonne. One was one of the first, if not the first, African-American women to earn a PhD. And this was early in the century. And so I wanted young readers to understand what was possible. If that was possible then, how much more is possible for you now? And again, this morning, we're speaking to Nikki Grimes. She's the author of the book, Legacy, Women Poets of the Harlem Renaissance. We're also speaking to Aqua Holmes. She is one of the illustrators of the book. Now, Aqua, we're running out of time this morning. So tell us what you're working on next. What can we expect from you in the near future, Aqua? What's I'd next for you? I'd be happy to. Um, I have two books coming out this year. One is a biography of a woman named Mavine Betch who helped to save one of America's first Black-owned beaches in Florida. Mm. She has a wonderful story and a beautiful character. Uh, Then in the fall, I have a book with my cousin, Trisha Elam Walker, where we talk about the neighborhood that we grew up in and what it means to dream. Right now on my desk, I'm illustrating a book about Khalil Gibran, the Lebanese poet and Mm. author who wrote The Prophet. Wow, look at that. So you're staying busy. Good projects. Yeah, yeah. If our listeners would like to find out more about you, how can they find out more about you and more about what you're doing and the books that you're illustrating? Now, that's a really good question. I do have a website. It's aquahomes.com. However, it's not up to date right now. So I would say do a broad Google search You'll probably learn more about me than I know about myself by doing that. (laughs) So that's what I would do. All right. And Nikki Grimes, likewise, if our listeners would like to find out more about you, Nikki Grimes, how can they find out more? Well, they can in general find out more about me at NikkiGrimes.com. There they'll find out also about this book. All right. About legacy, women poets in the Harlem Renaissance. All right. Well, we're out of time. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. I really do appreciate it. Rodney, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. We've been speaking to author Nikki Grimes and children's book illustrator Aqua Holmes. Well, that's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, more information about the show can always be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now, like us there now, join the conversation there as well. Well, that's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. Until next week. Be encouraged. Listen to Sunday Morning Magazine no matter what day it is. Use your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear today. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, 
my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.